Welcome back for another episode of The Break Room. I'm your host, Morgan Hensley. In 2012, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, launched the Medicare Shared Savings Program, known as the MSSP. This visionary initiative introduced Accountable Care Organizations, or ACOs, spurred innovation, and accelerated value-based care's momentum. Physician-led ACOs have proven particularly effective, generating nearly seven times more savings than other groups in the program. In fact, Privia Health's physician-led ACOs achieved $131.7 million in shared savings just in performance year 2022. However, many doctors still underperform in or avoid entering the MSSP due to overwhelming, incomplete, or disorganized data, ineffective technology designed primarily for a fee-for-service model, and a lack of cohesive physician governance. Here with me today to discuss how a partnership can help overcome these obstacles are Sam Starbuck, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Privia Quality Network, a physician-led ACO serving more than 80,000 beneficiaries, and Dr. William Cooper, a board-certified internist at McIntosh Clinic, a multi-specialty private practice in Thomasville, Georgia. Sam, Dr. Cooper, thank you so much for coming on The Break Room today. I'm so excited to hear your perspectives on everything from data sharing to physician governance to tools for patient engagement and uh, so much more. But first, I'd like to set the stage and dig into the why behind the MSSP. I gave a brief overview in the intro just now, but Sam, could you please tell me what trends and challenges in the healthcare landscape led to the launch uh, of the MSSP back in 2012? Thanks, Morgan. You know, I think at its core, the trends and challenges were very simply rising healthcare costs at a pace that was very clearly unsustainable. In addition to that, you know, the trust fund and CMS were thinking about ways to bend that curve and try to move away from, call it the prior, you know, 10 to 20 years movement into this fee-for-service world that we find ourselves in today. And if we look, you know, way back, you had the, the HMO world that happened in the 80s and 90s, and there was managed care at that time, which had this connotation of a dirty word. And then we, you know, moved all the way and shifted into this fee-for-service world, which was all about making sure that services were provided to all patients. But, you know, it shifted the mindset of clinicians to more services equals more value, but more care doesn't always mean better care. So it's almost kind of reversing the trend of the prior 10 to 20 years in the fee-for-service system that had been built and moving towards a model that rewarded improved outcomes for patients, uh, improved quality for patients, and in doing so at a lower cost. So back to the, the principle of right care at the right time at the right place. So hopefully um, that look back gives the insight as to the why for value-based care and MSSP. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Sam, for that very helpful background. I definitely want to revisit your point around the tension between fee-for-service and value-based care's underlying goals uh, to discuss how to best balance the two models. But first, I'm wondering, Dr. Cooper, how does value-based care's goal of high-quality, intentional patient care align with your philosophy of medicine, especially as it relates to the doctor-patient relationship? 
from a clinical perspective, ideally, I've always believed that doctors should have a stake in their patients' health outcomes and correspondingly should be rewarded for such. And at the heart of that, I think, is the collaborative relationship between the patient and physician, because we know that those relationships facilitate better outcomes both in quality and cost. You know, sometimes as physicians, we forget that we're in a service industry. We provide a service and that service is quality healthcare. That all starts with the patient and physician sitting down in a collaborative model and making decisions that are in the best interest of that patient. That emphasis on rewarding collaboration and outcomes makes perfect sense and, and resonates with many physicians, but difficulties inevitably arise when transitioning to value-based care. Uh, Dr. Cooper, in the last episode of the podcast, I spoke with your practice's CEO, Mike Gable, uh, about Macintosh Clinic's first foray into and uh, mixed results with the MSSP before joining Privia. What challenges did you encounter that led you to seek a partner? And what made you consider and ultimately decide on Privia as that partner? We knew pretty early on that that value-based care was going to be the future of medicine, and we wanted to be involved in that. And initially, we thought we could try and do that ourselves, you know, and, and we quickly realized that you know, the amount of information that's required was just overwhelming and it was disorganized and, and we just couldn't make sense of it. And like you said, you know, our first experience with an ACO was not a particularly successful one and we learned a lot. But we, what we learned was we needed an organization that had success and experience and had all these other things that we did not have, you know, the, the manpower, the know-how, the technological infrastructure. And that's what really drew us to, to Privia. They allowed us to, to scale our aspirations, uh, as it were, and, and, and I think it's continued to be a great relationship. Yeah, that uh, access to resources is a major reason why private practices, uh, even those who have already embarked on their volume-to-value journey, partner with Privia. Physician-led ACOs, for example, are still just one component of our holistic support. Sam, what are a couple of other uh, key differentiators that make Privia's integrated model unique and successful? As much as we believe, our, our providers believe, and have a desire to be in value-based care, the reality of where our healthcare system is at is such that we're still very much entrenched in fee-for-service. And there's a lot of organizations out there, they're strong organizations, but they're not focused on the entire aspect of a physician's practice and their livelihood. And so the previous model uniquely focuses on the entire business and acknowledges that we need to support the practice across in the physician, across the entire uh, spectrum of their payer book and making sure that their fee-for-service business is healthy and, and, and able to sustain their business, to keep the lights on, to pay their bills, and acknowledge that we're still taking them on this value-based care journey, but that's that's going to be a journey over time. You know, the second aspect is you you touched on physician-led, and I think there's a lot of physician-led organizations and ACOs out there. But the differentiator, and it's a small thing, is physician-governed. It's one thing to be physician-led, but it's another thing to have your physicians truly making the decisions and governing what is being done, what is what investments are being made, and how they're being deployed. In our markets, the physicians are the ones leading the charge. So. These two working together, both acknowledging that a practice is not just one single value-based care contract, but instead there's multiple contracts and multiple revenue streams that make up the whole business. And that it's an, it's important to keep that entire business healthy so that you can get the mind share of the physician to focus on these new things that are going to drive their success in value-based care. 
Ab absolutely. Physician governance and Privia's diverse yet comprehensive support can help practices achieve the stability to then progress into value-based care. Sticking with this theme of building a solid foundation, Dr. Cooper, I'm curious to hear how Privia's tools and all-in-one model have helped you in your day-to-day -day practice outside the MSSP. Well, you know, where I come from, transitioning from a straight fee-for-service, volume-based model to a value-based model was no small task. I mean, you know, that's, and we're still, we're still learning. I and mean, the, the learning curve is steep, and not only for clinicians, but also for the administration of our clinic. You know, we're continually learning and trying to figure out how to navigate this shift in care. That requires time and energy, and quite frankly, the ability to offload that administrative work, Privia has allowed us to do that. Things like the care advice line that we use to engage with patients after hours and on weekends and you know, those are encounters or engagements are folded into our medical record, into the EMR, and those types of things really help us be successful. The value-based model is one that requires, again, a lot of time, a lot of energy from the aspect of, of, of providers, and anything that can offload extra work frees us up to spend with our patients. So I, I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, your, your mention of patient-focused tools segues perfectly to my next question. Truly thriving in the MSSP requires adjustments not only for care teams, but also for patients. Uh, so Sam, what tools does Privia offer to help patients be great beneficiaries? Well, I think, first of all, back to, to Dr. Cooper's you know, last answer, I think that the best tool we can provide is removing burden from the physicians so they can spend more time with their patients. But, uh, you know, there's also a lot of things to support the way that our patients engage with the physicians outside of the office that I think the Privia technology stack really enables. And a couple of those you know, are virtual visits, enabling easy access to care wherever they are and when they need it. Of course, when appropriate, Things like online scheduling and patient portal, which are pretty commonplace these days, but it's not just having it, but it's creating regular engagements through that, that avenue that create that behavior change among the patients to shift the mindset away from, I can only talk or see or interact with my doctor in a, you know, from the eight to five window to whenever I have a question or concern related to my health, I go to my doctor. And that's where previous tools and technology really enable that to occur and shift that mindset from for our patients away from the doctor only being available during a narrow window of the day to being available at all times. Whether it's a care team's learning curve or patient's mindset shift, adapting processes is critical when it comes to value-based care. Now, uh, that's easier said than done, but when done right, the rewards are extraordinary, not just in terms of bonus checks or better patient relationships and outcomes, but also strengthening your practice. Dr. Cooper, how has your and McIntosh Clinic's success in the MSSP helped fortify and grow your practice to support your patients? I can tell you that from a financial standpoint, our clinic is in as good a standing as it ever has been, especially more so since we partnered with Privia. And we've always felt like the lifeblood of, of our practice is the recruitment and, and retention of, of talent, of of new physicians. And in order to do that, you know, you have to offer them competitive contracts. Uh, you have to be appealing to them, as well as the ability to take care of more patients. The more efficient you are, the, the better base you are financially, the, the more patients you can take on. We've seen that to be the case. I think those are two primary ways that we have been strengthened by partnering with Privia. 
Wonderfully said, Dr. Cooper. It's fascinating how interconnected value-based payments, patient volume, and physician recruitment really are. Another lever to attract, engage, and retain doctors is physician governance. And as I mentioned in the intro, data shows that physician-led ACOs generate the greatest shared savings. So Sam, why would you say uh, this is the case? It is fascinating to see how stark the the numbers are when you really break it down by that. And this is another one of those things where we could go down multiple different avenues. But I think one of the, the fundamental premises behind all this is, is you just look at the employment relationship with those various ACOs and what the incentives are behind those. And if you take that at that most elementary element of like an employee versus an owner, right? There is a very different mindset uh, at the individual level. I own this business and at the end of the day, am responsible for paying my employees and whatever's left over after paying my expenses is my income. So when you take a group of independent business owners and bring them together to form an ACO, you are collectively forming a mindset that is very oriented around finding ways to be successful or or not only do I not succeed, but I'm non-existent and they have survived for, for a long period of time. And so I, I think that that in and of itself just is one of the reasons why that data is so stark and why you, you see that dichotomy. Yeah, it, it, it's so interesting how the data proves the relationship between that physician-led ethos and value-based results. Dr. Cooper, how important is physician leadership when it comes to navigating the volume to value transition? And what has been your experience as a leader or member of Privia Medical Group of Georgia uh, and local physician organized delivery pods? I, I truly believe that physicians need to be led by physicians. Physicians are the ones that are on the on the front lines with the patients. They see the clinical implications of what's being done at the business level, and is, is an important piece of previous success is that the physicians have led the way. Uh, you know, I, I come from a, a background of not really being involved much in the way of governance or leadership, more focused just strictly on clinical aspects. But, you know, I've been involved on the board at, at PMG Georgia, been involved in pod leadership, and it's great, you know, to, to be able to lead doctors, to, to see them affect change, to see them navigate this pretty big transition from, like you had mentioned, volume-based to value-based. And it's a pretty dynamic thing. It's ongoing, it's changing, and you really need physicians to be out in front of that. Absolutely. Uh, one area in which physician governance is uh, particularly impactful is analyzing data. Uh, Value-based care is heavily data-driven. Sometimes, uh, as you noted earlier, Dr. Cooper, overwhelmingly so. I'm curious, Sam, how do previous integration and governance help amass, organize, and present actionable data? So let me try to touch on each of those briefly. So amass, organize, and present. In the first bucket, I think providers who are out there either on their own or with other ACOs or doing value-based care, one of the common challenges and threads I hear from physicians coming in is, oh, I'm logging into this pair portal and downloading this report, or I'm being told to log into this system and download this report. You know, previous approach is that that is, again, more burden that a physician should not be taking responsibility for. And it's our responsibility to bring together all of the key data points from all the different programs that they participate in, combine that with the EMR data, which is the source of truth, and bringing all the information into one place and presenting it in, a, in an aggregated fashion so that we can gain insights and then drive down from there. 
and the second piece of this is, is organizing it. And that's bringing subject matter experts from around certain content to review that information, provide insights that we're not going to have on our own, just uh, looking at the data with an uneducated eye. And the, the final piece is the presentation of it. First and foremost, the presentation of the data as often as possible should be done peer-to-peer by physicians to physicians. Secondly, it should be done in a transparent way where physicians are being compared or, or scored next to their peers. It's that transparency that drives accountability among each other and performance improvement because there's lessons learned that are shared in that moment of Hey, Dr. Cooper, you are doing a lot better than me on this metric. What are you doing differently? Here's what I'm doing. And then thirdly, I think, is having this, we internally call it an operations consultant, but this is an individual who knows the practice. They have a relationship with the practice. They understand how the practice operates and can be that 30,000 foot view of the practice to just help you look at things a different way and provide a little bit of a different perspective, but doing so call it from within the family. The operations team is working alongside the practices on a regular basis and almost operates as a member of the team there, but with perspective from multiple other practices and and from elsewhere in Pobia. Sam, I love how you dissected each of those stages uh, individually and explained how transparency, collaboration, and support span all three. Dr. Cooper, as a clinician, how would you say Privia's governance helps review data to foster constructive conversations and make meaningful changes? Yeah, I think there are several layers to that. I think it starts at the individual practice level and extends up to the pod level, which is a group of of like-minded practices within the organization. As Sam had mentioned in such a great way, it creates a culture of accountability. You know, there's a couple of things that are true about physicians. You know, we're competitive, we're aspirational, we're achievement oriented, we're box checkers. To sit in a room with with other providers, other peers that are trying to do things the right way like you are, it's helpful to have that transparency to compare yourself. You know, within Privia, within this organization, the access to information is such that, you know, you have the ability to know how you are doing in comparison with um, other providers with regards to colorectal cancer screening or to diabetic care. I like to call it institutional peer pressure. Um, We hold each other to the fire. We hold each other accountable. That takes place at every pod meeting. And I don't think it would work any other way, really. It creates a desire to be the best we can be. First, let me just say that institutional peer pressure is such a fantastic phrase, uh, Dr. Cooper. (laughs) Um, You know, throughout our conversation, I've noticed a theme around how data, tools, and Uh, structures drive the behaviors and mindset that value-based care necessitates. Another unique element of Privia's model is the ability to access data from different markets. Sam, how does Privia facilitate this cross-market collaboration? Dr. Cooper said it just there, physicians are competitive. And how do we foster that, facilitate that? You know, I think there's formal ways. We have a great collaborative, we call it our National Physician Advisory Council, or IMPACT for short, where we bring physician leaders across the country together uh, on an, at least an annual basis, if not semi-annually. And it's an opportunity to really highlight initiatives, highlight successes, highlight opportunities or, or trends across all the markets, and also bring together leaders to discuss what are challenges that we're having and how can we, we do things better. In addition to that, we have some national governance committees, that one's called our National Clinical IT Advisory Council, which is a group of physicians from all the markets who have come together to really advise on 
clinical IT strategy and opportunities to make investments to improve the lives of our physicians through improving the technology. So I think those are some of the formal structures that we've put in place. But honestly, and I, I'd be really eager to hear Dr. Cooper's take on this, but it's the informal relationships that develop from those formal structures. That's where the magic happens, where lessons learned are shared, conversations are had, and relationships are built. And that's honestly where some of the best information sharing uh, has occurred. It's those informal threads and phone calls and those networks that have been built that really drive that cross-market pollination and connection. Yeah, I'm also eager to hear Dr. Cooper's perspective. What have you learned from other markets and applied to your practice of medicine? Oh, there's, there's a lot of things, uh, whether that's the Florida market's creative approach to taking care of their diabetics. They've got some, some great ideas with regards to how to best allocate resources and identify high-risk patients. And we're looking at some of that and to try and maybe adopt some of that. You know, the value-based model is to make that work, you really have to show that you're, how sick your patients are, okay? You have to, to document well, code correctly, and no one does that better than the North Texas market. I've talked to a lot of the doctors in that market, and they've provided valuable pointers and tips. You know, Sam's talking about the informal conversations. It's the water cooler conversations, right? And uh, it just facilitates, it's really exponential, the amount of growth you can get with those types of, of interactions. Yeah, you, you raise a very insightful point there, Dr. Cooper, about how these overarching structures bolster the relationships and information sharing that are key to value-based care. Now, beyond dissecting data and exchanging best practices, previous physician-governed ACOs also promote camaraderie and community to work together when the volume-to-value transition feels like an uphill battle. Dr. Cooper, how does being a part of a network of passionate, like-minded doctors and leaders inspire confidence to keep going when the going gets tough? Yeah, I I had a a senior partner tell me one time when I first started practicing, the only thing that you can count on in medicine is it's going to change. Progress is painful and change is uncomfortable. And trying to move from a model which you're comfortable with that may not be the best. Sometimes there's comfort in familiarity. And when you change things and when you try and be progressive, you reach uh, roadblocks. You, But knowing that there are like-minded individuals, like-minded providers who are trying to do the best for their patients, uh, change healthcare, that's encouraging. And the events that we get together, whether that's impact or it's at the state level, it's invaluable. You know, especially down where I practice down in South Georgia, you know, it's a rural community and it's easy to get siloed off. You know, the ability to connect with providers from all over the country. And granted, markets are different and we all have our, our specific challenges, but a lot, I mean, there's a lot of commonalities as well. And, and it's very encouraging when, I, when I'm able to talk to other providers within Privia. Beautifully said, Dr. Cooper, change is a given, but a supportive, aligned partner can make navigating those changes uh, a whole lot easier. That idea parlays perfectly into my final question, which is around the future of value-based care. With Medicare aiming to enroll every beneficiary in a value-based arrangement by 2030, it's essential that independent physicians keep up with the payment model's evolution. However, Many doctors are hesitant to take the leap uh, or have taken the leap and joined an ACO but are underperforming. What would you say to those physicians who are feeling feeling stuck? 
you know, I, I would say get a good partner, <laughs> collaborate with somebody who knows what they're doing, who's had experience and success in the in the space. And don't be satisfied with your current situation if you're not happy. If you feel like you can do better, if your patients would be better served in a different arrangement, a different model, take the leap. It was not an easy decision for us as a clinic to make this transition. It's been a learning process, like I said earlier in the, in the show, but uh, I'm hopeful. And when I look towards the future, I feel like, you know, we can make it whatever we get on our way, we can make it work. So. If you talk to anyone on my team, they'll, they'll tell you one of my overused phrases is don't suffer in silence. Talk to other, other physicians who have been in value-based care, who have been stuck and found themselves unstuck, and how did they get there? And, and I would agree with Dr. Cooper, it's, it's, it's find a partner who is like-minded, has your best interest in mind, but is going to be alongside you as you navigate you know, whatever difficult decision it may be. And I've seen you know, many a cases where Dr. Cooper said it himself, or you know, I'm sure they were skeptical, but I think at the end of the day, this is what we do. This is what Privia does and, and is, is our objective to ensure that our providers are better off with us than they are not with us. And, and we, we look forward to doing that each and every day. So anyways, I tell them don't suffer in silence to find a like-minded partner. Man, uh, take the leap, find a partner, and don't suffer in silence. I think that's the perfect way to conclude the thought-provoking conversation uh, that we shared today. Uh, Sam, Dr. Cooper, thank you so much for joining me on The Break Room. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in today. You can find content by our guests, physicians, and healthcare industry thought leaders on Informed, the blog by Privia Health. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and blog to stay up to date on all things healthcare. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I will see you next time for another episode of The Break Room. So stay tuned.